Today's reading is taken from Exodus chapter 33, starting at verse 12. And it's entitled, Moses and the Glory of the Lord. Moses said to the Lord, You've been telling me, leave these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked, because I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Well, good morning again, and welcome. It's lovely to see you, and it's lovely to see whether you're visiting us or revisiting us. It's um, great to have you with us this morning, and if you're watching this online, you are so welcome. We are in the middle of a short series called Four Things, and the idea is that we are looking at some of the things that will not just help us survive this year, but the things which will help us sort of thrive and flourish in our faith as we go through 2024. And you might notice as we go through this series that each of these things build on each other. So we started off looking at the presence of God, that God is always with us. Then we looked at the love of God, that God just loves us no matter what, full stop. And this morning we're looking at the goodness of God. And I'm going to make a bold statement that this probably is the most important thing in your faith. That's what we've been thinking about, reflecting on, singing about. Geraint was getting some testimonies. But I'll say this is probably the most important thing in your faith. And if your faith is stale, feels like you're struggling or you're disappointed with something, the reason might just be your understanding of God's goodness. So before we continue, shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. And we thank you so much for who you are and your character. And we pray, Lord, wherever we are in the spectrum of faith this morning, that you'll be speaking to us by your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So my first thought, the first thing I want to sort of unpack for you, my first point is this. It should come up on the screen. 
Faith is confidence in the goodness of God. Faith is confidence in the goodness of God. Norman was reading that wonderful, mysterious passage from Exodus 33. In our reading, we find the nation of Israel in a crisis. They've turned from God. They've worshipped idols. They've made this golden calf, which they've bowed down and worshipped to. They've messed up big time. And they're asking the questions that we've been asking over the last two weeks. They're saying, is God still with them? Does he still love them? And Moses knows, unless God is with them, it's not worth going forward. The way forward is too challenging. The armies and the people that get up, up against are bigger, wiser, more powerful. Moses knows unless God is with them, they are not going to survive. So what Moses says is, I know you said you'll be with us. And I know you said you'll love us. But that was before we messed up big time. How can we be sure that you're still with us? How can we know you're still with us? How do we know you haven't changed your mind? And maybe you've been in the same place as Moses. You've messed up big time. You know, deep down you've sinned or you've failed or you've doubted or you've backslid or you just haven't lifted up to the standard which you know God has for you. How can you be sure that God is still with you? How can you be sure that he hasn't changed his mind? Well, Moses asked for a sign. He says, show me your glory. And here's where the story gets really interesting. If I was in Moses' shoes, or Moses' sandals, didn't have shoes or traders, he had sandals. If I was in Moses' sandals, I'd be hoping when I ask God for a sign that he'd show me his power, he'd part the sea or give me a new staff, or maybe he would open my eyes like he did to Elisha's servant, and I would see these angelic army all around me. Or maybe he would show me his justice, that anyone who come up against me would be judged. Or maybe I'd see his holiness, there'd be another burning bush, a wonderful sign that God is with me. Maybe like Solomon, he would make me the wisest person on the earth, so I have more wisdom than any of my enemies. Or maybe right in the heart of the storm, I'd be overwhelmed with his love and his peace and his joy. But God says this, next slide, I love these words. I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. Because I'm not quite as wise as Moses, I would really say, God, really, your goodness? What use is that going to do when we come up against these armies? Why is the goodness of God so important? One of my favorite authors, I've got most of his books, Adrian Tozer. In the knowledge of the holy, Tozer says this, the goodness of God is the drive behind all the blessings he daily bestows upon us. God created us because he felt good. His heart, in his heart, he redeemed us for the same reason. The goodness of God is the drive behind everything God does. And in this lovely quote, which we, uh, we had on the screen a minute ago, if we could have that quote back, um, no, the one before that or after it, um, this is by Bill Johnson. The goodness of God is the cornerstone of all theology. I heard that quote years ago, and over the years, it's become more and more real to me. The goodness of God is the cornerstone of everything you know about God. Whatever you know about God, what holds it all together is his goodness. And what this means is whatever you experience in life, whatever you think about God, the starting point, the foundation, the lens, the glasses which we view God through is that he is good. 
This is our foundation. There's a lot of people angry with God for bad things that happen in our lives that God has nothing to do with. And we live in a broken world, but God is always good. And his plans for your life are always good. He's a good, good father. One of the books I read last year is probably one of the best books I've ever read by a guy called John Mark Comer. It's called God Has a Name. And in this book, he says the most famous verse of the Bible is John 3.16. Most of us will know John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. But that verse is only in the Bible once. The most quoted verse of the Bible over and over and over and over and over again, you see everywhere in the Bible, is this. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And that's the thing that God wants you to get about him. He doesn't keep quoting about his power or that he's all wise or that he's everywhere. He doesn't talk about his wisdom or his holiness again and again. The verse that appears more than anything else that one thing that God wants you to know about him, about who he is, about his character, the one thing he wants you to remember about him is that the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, that he is good. Then we fast forward to the New Testament and the Apostle Paul is writing a letter to the Colossians and he says, God's invisible, there's no way you're going to really know him. But if you want to know what God's like, the fullness of God is in this person called Jesus Christ. He said, if you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus. And when you look at Jesus, you see someone who is gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love. Someone who displays goodness in everything he does. So this raises a question, a big question. Probably one of the biggest questions of the Christian faith. The big theological question about suffering. If God is really good then why haven't your prayers been answered the way you hoped? Maybe why are you still single? Or why are you still sick? Or why are you still in debt? Or why did you lose your job? Or why there is racism and injustice in the world? And we could go on and on and on. And maybe you've come here this morning, and if you're really honest, you're going through something painful today, or maybe you've recently been through something painful. Maybe when you look into the world and you see the suffering in the world, And you ask God, why are you in the suffering? Where are you? Do you really care about the world that we live in? Well, I'm sad to say I don't have an easy question, an easy answer for that question. But we will revisit that question at the end. I will come back to it. But I will say this. Don't allow your experience of life to shape your relationship of God. Don't allow your experiences in life, the the bad stuff, the rubbish, don't allow your experiences to shape your relationship with God. God's presence, his love, his grace, his forgiveness, his blessings are all because of his goodness. And because of God's goodness, we have things like his presence, his love, his grace, his forgiveness, and his blessings. God doesn't just love you. You know, we probably love each other here in the church because the Bible tells us to love our brothers and sisters. But you might, want to hang, you might not want to hang out with each other. You can say, I love you, but don't necessarily like you. You rub me up the wrong way. But God doesn't just love you. We looked at that last week. You know, God actually likes you. He likes hanging out with you, believe it or not. 
He likes you. He likes hanging out with you. He's for you. God is good, and he likes you a lot. Faith is confidence in the goodness of God. That's the first thing. Then secondly, how should you respond to God's goodness? If God is good, how do we respond to this? Well, three practical things. I just don't want this to be uh, a theoretical um, talk today. I want to give you some nuggets, some things practically that you can put into place in your walk with God. Three things, they all begin with T. The first thing is thankfulness. Psalm 136 says this. It should come up on the screen. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. We respond to God's goodness by saying thank you. It starts with gratitude. There was an article in Forbes magazine about seven scientific benefits of thankfulness. And it said this, Gratitude opens the door to better relationships. Gratitude improves your physical health. Gratitude improves your psychological health. Gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression. Gratitude helps you sleep better. Gratitude improves self-esteem. Gratitude increases mental strength. Even science recognizes the power of thankfulness. Take time to remind yourself, God came through for you. Those times when he was faithful, those prayers you fired up at the last minute, or those prayers you didn't fire up, but God still came through and answered your prayers. Take time to be thankful, to have an attitude of gratitude to what God has done for you. That's the first thing, thankfulness. Then the second thing is taste. Taste. Psalm 34 says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that he's good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Taste and experience God for yourself. Spend time this year just praising and worshipping him. And spending time in prayer and spending time reading the word. And spending time in fellowship. Just getting to know him. Taste him. Enjoy him. Learn to invest in your relationship with God this year. And the more you do that, the more you will grow and know the goodness of God. Thankfulness, taste, and the last T is trust. Psalm 27. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Don't give up on God. Don't allow your experiences to shape your relationship with God. God hasn't given up on you. He loves you. He adores you. He likes spending time with you. He's for you. Keep hoping and keep trusting God. So give thanks. Taste and see for yourself he is good. And keep trusting. We're now going to revisit that question. The most difficult question in the Christian faith. Where is God in the suffering? Does God really care when things go wrong and when things are bad? When my late wife, Karen, was dying, I, she was in the hospice and I was next to her and we were holding hands and looking into each other's eyes and she looked into my eyes and held my hand as she took her last breath. And on one hand, that was the greatest privilege to be with her and try to offer her some form of comfort and security. On the other hand, it was the most painful experience that I've been through and it's still very much etched in my heart and my mind 
that, that time, that season. People said some really well-meaning things to me after that. Well, at least she's free from pain. At least she's now in heaven. At least one day you'll be together again. And all of that is true. We know that's true. But when you're grieving and you're going through stuff, that stuff doesn't really help. A little bit later, I was praying. And I was praying. I was saying, Lord, where were you in that season? You could have intervened. You could have healed. You could have restored. Where were you in the suffering? I don't know some of you here have been in a similar situation and asked the similar questions. Lord, you could have intervened. And as I was praying, Lord, the Lord, I felt, led me to John chapter 11. And it's a great passage. Something I'd love you to hold on to today. It's the passage where Jesus' friend Lazarus has died. And Jesus says, well, this is a part of a plan. I can be glorified for this. I can raise Lazarus from the dead. Something amazing is going to happen. And on his way, he meets Martha, then he meets Mary. And Mary's crying and she's weeping. And in verse 33, it says this. Jesus was deeply moved in spirit and he was troubled. Even though he knew this was going to be all right in the end, Lazarus was going to be raised from the dead. When he saw the desperation and the grief in Mary, something broke in Jesus' heart. And it says he was deeply moved in spirit and he was troubled. And in verse 35 it says, Jesus wept. One of the shortest verses of the Bible. Jesus wept. As I was reading that, I felt, you know what? God really is good. Bad things are not his plan. I felt he was saying to me in that moment, you know what? What happened wasn't part of my plan. This is not how I created the world. I didn't want this to happen. I'm not going to offer you some well-meaning words and promises. But actually, when you weep, I'm deeply moved in spirit and I'm troubled. And I'm standing with you and I weep too. And in that moment, I knew Jesus was with me, weeping with me in the pain and in the suffering. Bad things are not always his plan. If you're suffering today, God is not distant. He doesn't bring this into your life. He doesn't rub his hands together and think, this is a great lesson that you're going to learn from, that I'm going to do something amazing in your life. He's standing with you. His heart says, I'm deeply troubled in spirit, and I weep with you. Jesus is standing with you. And I don't know the reason why he doesn't intervene. There's some things we won't know this side of heaven. But I do know that our Savior is good. We believe in a good God who gets deeply moved in spirit and troubled and weeps with you when you go through the suffering. He is good and he is for you. If the band would like to come up. And if you're able, would you like to stand? We believe in a great God, a good God, a God who really likes you, a God who stands with you in the difficult times, a God that when he sees you upset and crying and suffering, he's upset, he cries, and he suffers with you. And we have evidence that he suffers on the cross because he gave his life for you and he gave his life for me to show how much he's willing to suffer for you.
We're going to just spend some time and invite the Holy Spirit to come. And I just encourage you and invite you as we just welcome the Spirit to be here with us, just for you to be real and honest with God. And this is a church which is a safe space where it's a church where we're real with each other. We don't try and put a brave front on things. But we're a family and we're here to support and to encourage and just to be real with each other. So come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Come and be with us this morning, we pray. And we receive the Spirit just by faith, just by saying thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're with us. Thank you that you promised when we ask you come. You come just to bring your peace into our hearts. Come, Holy Spirit. Maybe you're here this morning and you need to be reminded that God is good, that the stuff that's going on, the stuff that might have happened to you was not his plan, but he longs to bring healing and his peace his presence, his love, he's good, he's for you. And we're going to look at this bit further next week that he can actually bring good out of those things, his provision. But this morning, I just want us to just, just rest and know that even in the disappointments, God is there with you. band's going to lead us in worship and as you worship I'd encourage you just to lift your hearts to the Lord and allow him just to speak to your hearts and if there's anyone here who'd like prayer, we've got a team that's at the front, there's Sophie and Gillian and myself and we'd love to pray for you, anything that you maybe just want to be lifted off your shoulders be released from the spot maybe just want to experience God's peace in a fuller way, maybe you want to taste and see that the Lord is good to experience that for yourself. If you felt God speak to you today and you want prayer, you can contact the church pastoral team on email on pastoral at stsavs.org.